0: I talk Doug Maurice and Nathan Bear. Special guest coming along. It's Lee Barfnecht, who is a retired sports writer who covered Nebraska for Nebraska football for four decades and is the best guy I could think of to talk about Nebraska joining the Big Ten. Now, listen, July 1st on Thursday, everybody was very fired up about the launching of name, image, and likeness and Ohio State football players, Ohio State athletes college athletes across the country could start making money. We saw a lot of it, a lot of Ohio state football players on social media, tweeting out little things about go buy this. And guys started to make money. Not a lot of huge deals. Nicholas petit had a, something with a company in in Tampa where he's from. You know, nobody is dropping Nike deals on uh, on Thursday on the first day, but that's what everybody was talking about. But I think I like you're just a little tired of name, image and likeness. So we may get into next week, some textures. Have suggested, like, hey, what if, uh, you know, who do you think would be the five Ohio State players over history who would have benefited the most from name image, like this? And we can talk, or, or who are the current Buckeyes you think will benefit the most? We can talk a little bit about that, but I do kind of think this will get less interesting c- kind of quickly that we're not going to constantly monitor every single endorsement that an Ohio State player comes across. Listen, they're going to sign autographs. Seven Banks is on Cameo. Other Buckeyes are going to go on Cameo where you do. You can do a video message that people pay for you, you know, pay for that. 30 bucks, I think, is what seven banks was charging. That's going to be very common. Just sort of the social media influencer stuff like like young people are already doing um, just on your your Instagram or on TikTok or on Twitter. You know, you're just already you just say, hey, I like this thing. And you just influence people. It's not a huge commercial. So listen, that happened. But something else happened on July 1st, 10 years ago. And that's what this Buckeye Talk is about. It is about Nebraska officially joining the Big Ten, which happened on July 1st, 2011. It had been agreed to the year before, in June of 2010. So we knew it was coming. But it's 10 years. Nebraska's been in the league 10 years. And like, is anybody happy? So that's what we had Leon to discuss. It's a Buckeye fly effect. What if Nebraska had not joined the Big Ten? We talked to Lee for about 35 minutes, sort of from the Nebraska perspective. Then Steve, uh, Nathan and I come back just sort of from the Big Ten perspective. Like, would you do you still want them? I mean, honestly, like, do you really want them? What did they add? So that's the discussion. I think it's interesting. I don't know that you'll find this discussion anywhere else right now at the moment. And again, we we literally brought the best Nebraska writer about this kind of stuff out of retirement to do it with us here on Buckeye Talk. One more thing before we get to that podcast. Tuesday I ranted. Um and I, one of the things I ranted about was a particular review and I said could we get some other reviews so I could see those on top like 20 plus you guys for real. Just again it's like one of those things like you guys uh, you know I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a what am I a smug jerk um but you guys like almost you, like almost bring tears to my eyes sometimes like the support is just phew, Amazing. And so 20-plus reviews on Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews, um, just because I ranted about it. So, you know, we're not here to beg for reviews, but um, when you ask for something and you get a response, it's great. And then on the Thursday podcast, we asked people to donate to Brandon Huffman's charity for his late daughter uh, who who passed away from a, a cancerous tumor. And uh, people have responded on that. And people have said, and tweeted at us and said they donated. And again, just like you guys are amazing. So um, thanks for listening. Thanks for participating. Thanks for making it fun for us. Thanks for doing important things that are bigger than a podcast uh, when we ask for help on that. And we just appreciate you guys so much. So we got some good stuff planned next week. Tyler Shoemaker, the unofficial official bookmaker at Buckeye Talk, is going to be on Market Down Monday with me and Nathan. Other good stuff coming. Steven will be back off vacation next week. But for now, it's the Buckeye Fly effect. What if Nebraska had never joined the Big Ten? It's a 10-year anniversary. And boy, what an anniversary it is. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, th- I think the 10th anniversary, I do think it's corn. I do think corn is the gift. And that's about the only gift that Nebraska has given the Big Ten. We actually hit on what we think Nebraska's greatest contribution to the Big Ten has been in the last decade, so make sure you hang on at least until that part. All right, Nathan Lee, me coming next, talking Nebraska on Buckeye Talk. All right, joined by literally a legendary sports writer who I was just telling him I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel guilty. I, we pulled him out of retirement. I was just double checking. Retired from the Omaha World Herald after 39 years in 2018. So he is a good three years into no longer doing stuff like this, but yet Lee Barfnecht has has graced us with his presence in between golf rounds. Lee, thanks so much for being here on Buckeye Talk.
1: Such a kind way to call me old and broken down, but I appreciate it anyway.
0: <laughs> you you are living the dream, man. It's like I love talking to retired people because I'm like, <laughs> man, what's it like? What do you do? What's it going to be like? You know, I you know I'm not trying to rush, but. You know, you made it, brother. You made it 39 <laughs> years as a sports writer and finished it off, and now you're golfing. Like you, this is this is not old and broken down. This is going <laughs> out on top. Um, real quickly, are you a candidate to replace Bill Moose as Nebraska's athletic director? Yes or no?
1: Yes, at half the pay, even. So I do it for a half million. <laughs> he got a million one, so I, you know, I'm in.
0: <laughs> I mean that you know the not funny part of that is you're obvious. I mean, like you'd be more qualified than like I'm sure most of the people they're talking to to do this because nobody knows Nebraska athletics better than you do. So um, the reason you're here with us, Lee, is to talk about sort of the 10 year anniversary, which is officially July 1st of Nebraska joining the Big Ten, and like what would have happened if that didn't happen. So you knew and know the ins and outs of the athletic department at Nebraska better than anybody. You were on top of all this conference realignment stuff. So we'll go back a little bit. I'd like to mostly analyze it in the present, but we have to go back a little bit. It was announced in the summer of 2010 that it was happening. It became official in the summer of 2011. Lee, when it happened, were you surprised or did you feel something like this coming? That was the summer in 2010 when everything was moving around. College football realignment was like the number one thing happening in college sports. When Nebraska joined the Big Ten, what was your view of that?
1: Well, you know, in 2009 was when Jim Delaney uh, kind of sparked the realignment forest fire by saying that the Big Ten was looking at adding another, another school. And uh, that's when it started to click that Nebraska definitely could be in that mix because as far back as I could tell, even in 19, the early 1990s, one time in 1992, Bob Devaney told me that he had talked to Jim Delaney uh, that was shortly after Penn State had joined and uh, they had an odd number of teams and that uh, Devaney, I mean, I went back and called my story up and and Devaney openly said, you know, Nebraska would probably be a better fit in the Big Ten than it is in the Big Eight. Um, nothing really became of that at the time because the Big Ten wasn't interested in further expansion. But uh, I think there's always been. Especially when Devaney became the AD, because he's a Michigan, he's from Michigan, and uh, was with Duffy Doherty at Michigan State, and had Big Ten ties. That he always kind of looked at Nebraska as as more of a Big Ten school. So, you move up to you know early 2010, and you know we start hearing rumblings that uh, you know Texas, uh, which which uh, outsnookered Nebraska on several procedural moves when the when the Big Twelve was formed, was uh, you know, pondering moving to different places or trying to pull power plays to get people to uh, get involved in their Longhorn network, things like that. The Nebraska started uh, looking out for its own welfare. And uh, the one thing that Nebraska uh, really has to look out for at any point in its athletic history is stability and particularly long term stability. Uh, when you have uh, 1.9 million people and 5.9 million cows in your state, uh, you, sometimes you don't have much clout. Now, the clout Nebraska did have is from its 40-year uh, you know, run in football where it won national championships and became a big draw for uh, television, for broadcasting, uh, it's, and Nebraska football amazingly still draws great broadcast numbers. But that's the one thing that Nebraska really had to look for, was trying to find a way to get some long-term stability. And that's where the real interest in the Big Ten came about. Nathan,
0: do, do, you know, we have sort of the Big Ten side of things, and, and Lee is obviously much more valuable to this podcast from the Nebraska side of things. Nathan, do you remember, like, did Nebraska make sense to you? I mean, there, there was certainly a part of it. It's like from the Big Ten side of things as you're going through things. Well, if they're going to add, like, who could it be? What did you think? Do you remember, Nathan, what you thought of Nebraska as a candidate?
2: I mean, from, from a practical standpoint, I think it made a lot of sense you, you, because at that point, you should have had a, a sophisticated understanding of why they were adding. It. And if you're adding a, you know, a contiguous state, you're adding, I think most importantly, though, the brand of Nebraska football it made a lot of sense to bring that in. You think at the time you're at this juncture where the big 10 and it still is now being compared on a daily basis to the sec in terms of stature, in terms of uh, just the the depth of, of, great teams in the league on a year to year basis. And they were trying to, I think catch up with that or at least, or, or, or push the lead farther depending on what perspective you had at the time. And that I think was why it made so much sense at the time was that, you know, Regardless of what Nebraska was that maybe veered a little bit from what the Big Ten normally wanted. I mean, it was farther west. Um, It uh, wasn't a member of the AAU thing that, that, that the college presidents thought was a big deal, but nobody else, I think, really did. All those little things, maybe it deviated from that a little bit, but at least, as Lee is saying, at least you're getting this potential like behemoth in college football and you're adding a team out west that could then rival what you had out east in Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan those kind of like elite teams Um and I guess that's the thing I said this on the podcast the other day that like the Nebraska that everyone thought was joining the Big Ten still has never really joined the Big Ten. So, Lee,
0: again, from I don't know that all Ohio State fans realize this, you know, it only been about 15 years, right, that that Nebraska had sort of been in that current conference alignment when the four old Southwest Conference teams, Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech and Baylor had joined the big eight teams to form the big 12. And so you're talking about Texas making maneuvers. It's not like Nebraska had a huge, long history of being in a conference with Texas, did you think Nebraska, did did it make sense to you for Nebraska to be in a conference with a bunch of Texas schools? Or when that happened in the mid nineties, did that seem like an odd fit to you?
1: It was, it was a shotgun marriage. There's no doubt about it, but it was totally uh, necessary to have any kind of stability. Again, Nebraska's fear through all, all of this, you know, for 50, 60, 70 years has always been being left out in the cold as a small population state that's kind of been on the edge of every conference that has been in other than the Big Eight. Uh, in, in 19, the Big 12 started in 1996, but the first started getting put together in 1994. There were three major television contracts that were decided in late 93 and early 94. And all three of those kind of basically put the Big Eight and the old Southwest Conference in jeopardy. Uh, the TV contracts was basically going to create a realignment situation where all those schools were having some difficulty getting put together. So Texas was really struggling in a Southwest conference. Uh, their uh, other schools were coming to Texas and rating the best players. Our conference was down, I think for a five-year continuous stretch, eight of the nine Southwest conference members were on NCA probation. Uh, so they were having trouble uh, you know, in a lot of different directions. So basically the shotgun marriage was created uh, to create the big 12. And, um, you know, it was always, I always went to the league meetings. stuff is interesting watching, trying to watch them cobble that thing together. It never was a comfortable fit. And then again, and so then when, you know, the big 10 starts looking around and again, this comes back to television. They're basically, Nebraska was fortunate. There was about a six month window where the Big Ten Network was was uh, getting ready to do a new contract. All the major TV contracts were coming due, and the NCAA put a rule in that if you are going to have a conference championship game, you had to have two divisions, and you had to have six teams in each division. So, therefore, the Big Ten needed another school. It, it just dovetailed perfectly. I mean, if it had happened two years before, I think Nebraska would have had no chance. But it just hit right when the TV contracts were coming and the conference championship game, which is – for TV contracts is a big jewel. It's a bigger jewel than you think the big 10 needed another school to create that. So it kind of fell into place.
0: So I was noodling around with, you know, and this is what we were doing 10 years ago, Lee. It's like everybody's just like making up their own conference. What if this yeah. team went here or this team went there? And then like the big 12 said, well, what if we added West Virginia? It's like, what are we doing? This feels like something <laughs> that a, a sixth grader did in in, her, in his or her bedroom. Like it's unbelievable, but I want to ask you this question because you you've mentioned several things about it so far. I just made up a conference. That's a 10 team conference. That's it's uh, six old, of the, six of the old big eight members, okay. um, Kansas, Kansas state, Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, and Iowa state. Okay. Then I added three big 10 members, Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. And then to get it to 10, I roped in Wyoming. So I let, the Oklahoma schools stay with the Texas schools and they can do what they want to do. I sort of drew a dividing line at the Illinois border. And it's like, all right, Illinois and Indiana and Ohio, we'll, we'll kind of shove the big 10 that direction. That is like a 10 team sort of like planes kind of conference league, right. but there's no Texas schools in it. There's no Ohio state or Michigan in it. Nebraska would be kind of a bigger dog in a conference like that. Right. And it seemingly from the outside would have a lot of things in common with kansas and wisconsin and minnesota and iowa colorado and missouri would that be a better fit if that was a 10-team conference would that be better for nebraska or would there be a fear that like well there's no texas schools there's no like ohio state is an there's no who's the anchor program here would nebraska like that 10-team conference or hate it
1: well i think there's uh there's two answers to that one, it would depend on the television money, how the television contract or uh, contracts and how the TV networks and, uh, internet, uh, webcasting, whoever's going to be paying the money for this in the future would look at that conference. Uh, the other one from a standpoint, the fan standpoint, I think the fans would love it. Uh, I think the fans, in Nebraska, would love to go back to the old Big 8. They don't necessarily want to go back to the Big 12, but they miss their old Big 8 buddies because a lot of those were day trips to go to events and things like that. Um, you know, I was, at, at the time that there was talk about moving to 16-team conferences, there actually was talk about going to conferences over 18 teams or 20 teams or even 24 teams. But I was thinking if the Big 10, you know, went to 16 teams, the eight team, whatever their West Division is, would be kind of like an old Big Eight. I mean, if you spend more time, especially in the in the non-revenue sports, just playing and traveling there, would feel more like the old regional conferences. I think there'd be a lot of value in that, and that way, and yet you still kind of maintain being part of a bigger league, and and therefore your TV contract is more attractive.
0: All right, so we're gonna Buckeye fly affected. What would have happened, Lee, if Nebraska had not joined the Big Ten? And, and from the Nebraska side of things, what would have happened to Nebraska, do you think? And would it have been better or worse for Nebraska as a football program and Nebraska as an athletic department if it was not in the Big Ten right now?
1: Well, the, the real danger at the time in 2010 when Nebraska signed the deal uh, to join the Big Ten if they had not done that as to whether the Big 12 was going to survive. You know, Colorado was all, had already left for the Pac-10. Missouri was looking to leave. Uh, the, there were six schools that the Pac-10 were recording to try to become the, big, the Pac-16. Uh, there was, I mean, literally most of us had money on the fact that the Big 12 would not last another four years. We didn't think they could ever attract a big enough television package. And the other thing in the in the Big Twelve that people don't realize is the money was not revenue was not evenly distributed. Texas got uh, more money. Oklahoma got more money. Nebraska got far more money than Iowa State, Kansas State, and Kansas did. So the unequal revenue sharing was going to continue to be a contentious thing. The Longhorn Network would have continued to be a monstrous uh, roadblock for Nebraska and Texas ever playing nice with each other. Um, you know, from an academic and, uh, you know, federal research grant standpoint, that's, that's one of the big reasons Nebraska wanted into the Big Ten was to have access to that money. Uh, Nebraska actually was an AAU school when it first entered the Big Ten, and then it lost its accreditation with that group two years later. When coincidentally, the president of Texas was the chairman of the AAU schools. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just stating a fact there. Uh, But anyway, um, I mean, it would have been a real unsettling three- or four-year period to see if the Big 12 would have survived, if Nebraska would have had to stay in that league. And I don't see any other option, any other league it really could have gone to. The SEC would not have been an option. So um, it would have been a very, very scary time for Nebraska athletics. They would have probably
2: ended up in the Big 10 eventually then is what I think. I mean, if it hadn't happened in 2010, it seems like it would have almost, they would have had to gotten shoehorned in eventually.
1: Yeah. I think the way things played out, that probably is, since Notre Dame was not going to join or Delaney was never going to ask him again after getting turned down. um, I'm curious from you guys standpoint, when Nebraska joined, what did people in Ohio and Indiana think? Did they care? Were they happy? Or did did it not matter? I, what was the reaction around the league from where, where you guys sat?
2: When again, I think at the time from what I remember and especially from a football perspective it was like oh they're adding this football presence this yeah. this it, you're still looking at that time 2010 you're still talking about like within um, within 15 years right of, of national championship Nebraska. Right. And that that seems like a long time maybe now when we look at it, but it really wasn't at the time, I think, because Nebraska kept winning, you know, was still in that like 10-win conversation still, even as, as recently as 2010. Like that was something they were doing fairly often. So they seemed like a program that maybe had fallen off of national championship level, but was still pretty strong, and that, they, that was going to add something to the league. And that's the thing that is like never – so I think people ha- probably have a different – impression of it now they might look back on it differently now than probably what they felt at the time at the time i remember people thinking this was a positive addition to the league because all that really mattered was tv sets and football and nebraska was a help with both of those things
0: and i and i did think especially like ohio state fans thought nebraska was like very much a cultural fit right that it was like hey they're they're a smaller state but they're a lot like us right like they love football there's kind of like one big program in the state that everybody roots for. You can you you really have a lot. They've both had like, you know, somewhat recent success. You know, you got Nebraska has Tom Osborne and and Ohio State has Woody Hayes. And like it's just there's like a there are a lot of things in common. And I do think uh Ohio State fans, the Big Ten needed to modernize as you know, like they needed to get to a conference championship game because everybody else had one and they didn't like they needed to add somebody to get to 12. It was time for that. And, and Ohio, you know, as, as recently as 2009 the big 10 Ohio state was playing Michigan the weekend before Thanksgiving. And then like everybody else in the country was ending their regular season after Thanksgiving and then was playing a championship game. And the big 10 was dark for two weeks before everybody else. So they had added the buy and gotten in 2010. They at least were playing Ohio State, Michigan after Thanksgiving, but the Big Ten needed a championship game. It's like, well, okay, you got to add somebody, and it's like, well, Nebraska is certainly more than just a somebody. And it, and as you know, Lee, one like Maryland and Rutgers were added, and everybody was making jokes and made fun yeah. of Rutgers, and it and it did feel like a cultural fit. Yeah, it really did feel like with the football tradition, the need for a twelfth. And the cultural fit, I don't, I don't remember anybody in Ohio like oh, kind of like being against it. It
1: was like, oh. all right, let's go, Nebraska. And then Nebraska has uh, failed to step up. <laughs> and,
0: and, and we remember that. I mean, and then to divide the divisions, not geographically, slap ways. on horrible names to the two divisions, which again, it's just a right. name. But I yeah. almost think the idea of not going geographically made a lot of sense, but they tied it to, we want two anchors in each division, and Nebraska is one of the four anchors right? with that. With it's Nebraska and Michigan on one side and Ohio state and Penn state on the other. And Nebraska at least has gotten to a big 10 championship game, unlike Michigan. <laughs> but like, that was almost like an antiquated idea of like, well, we're going to anchor it with these schools that, that necessarily like Michigan and Nebraska kind of aren't football anchors anymore the way they once were. But, but let me ask you, but let me ask you this Lee. So the way it did work out, I mean, the big 12 did survive. The Big 12 has 10 teams. I do think the Big 12 not having a championship game certainly hurt it in the playoff era in 2014 when TCU and Baylor were right there with Ohio State and they didn't have a championship game. So the Big 12 has been hurt by that. But let's say that Nebraska would have stuck it out. If Nebraska was in the Big 12 right now, let's say the Big 12 instead of 10 teams, was 12 teams. It was Nebraska and somebody else. Would that be better? If they were in a league with Texas, and baylor and tcu and kansas and kansas state and iowa state and oklahoma and oklahoma state would that be better for nebraska right now knowing there was uncertainty but in the modern day would that be better or worse than being in the big 10
1: the way things have played out uh you know the big the big 12's tv contract is much better than i think people ever imagined it was going to be it's never going to be the sec or the big 10 but i uh, i don't think Without question, athletically it would probably be better for Nebraska. Uh, the fans would love it. Uh, academically, again and and again from a from a financial federal research grant standpoint, it would be a crushing blow to Nebraska to have to go back to the Big Twelve. But uh, you know, there's you know there's always rumors flying around. There's talk that the, that the Big Twelve should pursue Nebraska and Arkansas and go back to twelve teams, and if those, if those were the two teams that went back to that league, that would be, that'd be a hell of a lot of fun. There'd be some great rivalries, uh, you know, great contentious battles, good competition. And maybe Nebraska could get its uh, poop back in a group, so to speak, and get going. But it just, Nebraska just can't seem to find its way in the big 10. And it's, and it's, it's, a, it's not the league's fault. It's the school's fault.
2: Well, that was going to be my question. Like, did, did, did... Have, have Nebraska's football struggles been um, emphasized because they're in the Big Ten, or is it something you think they would be struggling right now at this level regardless of what conference they're in?
1: Well, it's it's personnel. I mean, it's they made uh, two horrible athletic director hires. They made two horrible football coach hires. Uh, you know, you, you just can't overcome that. And I think that became magnified in the Big Ten because Nebraska was new to the league, had kind of lost its foundation, lost its footing on what its, its program was. It was trying to adapt to new schools, new places to go, a different style of play. So I think it's a, time, a bunch of little forest fires that turned into a conflagration is what it turned into. And, uh, you know, at this point, Nebraska hasn't really shown that it's, got it figured out on how to put the fire out yet
0: in the 10 years that Nebraska has been in the big 10 its record in football overall is 68 and 55 that's a 553 winning percentage the previous 10 years its last 10 years in the big 12 its record was 84 and 46 which is a 646 winning percentage but the best season of that was the furthest away In 2001, when it was 11 and 2, take that out, it's 73 and 44 at 623 winning percentage. Bo Pelini was the coach at the end of the Big 12 and the start of the Big 10. And like Bo Pelini was Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini went Bo Pelini is Earl Bruce, right? Earl Bruce was old nine and three Earl. Bo Pelini is old nine and four Bo. So the last three years in the Big 12, Nebraska was nine and four, ten and four, ten and four. The first four years in the Big Ten, it was nine and four, 10 and four, nine and four, nine and four. So I do think, Lee, there's an interesting point. I think it, what you said is exactly right. I think Nebraska kind of was not going to be Tom Osborne, Nebraska football anymore, no matter what. But then they also made some terrible football hires. And then being in the Big Ten probably added to the situation. But I think it would be unfair to say that, like, the reason they're bad at football is because they joined the Big Ten, because they kind of were who they were. And really, it's more like, um, you know, Bill Callahan and Mike Riley's fault, and the fact that like Scott Frost hasn't gotten together, gotten it together yet. Maybe than what conference they're in. Obviously, the conference has an effect, but they've stubbed their toe, as you said, a bunch of different ways.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, one thing I, I would point out, and this is from having, you know, covered the uh, Big Eight, Big Twelve for a long time, and now get in going through the Big Ten, the coaching the depth of coaching talent in the big 10 is far better than the big 12. I'm talking about head coaches. I'm talking about the quality of their, of their assistants, primarily, you know, the coordinators in football, uh, you know, the assistants in basketball. Um, I just, I think Nebraska people may have underestimated that part of it. Um, You know, you can't, you can't do anything in the Big Ten and the other team already knows you're going to do it ahead of time. And uh there, there were some there were some coaching holes in the that's Big 12 schools where you could go out and out coach somebody and win a game. And you can't do that very often in a Big Ten. Uh especially if the West Division has very much improved since Nebraska joined. Uh, you know, Bielama being in Illinois, BJ Fleck being at Minnesota. Uh, Jeff Brom being at Purdue, what Tom Allen's done at Indiana is, is, my God, it's almost Bill Snyder-esque. You know what he's done to that program. So, you know, even Nebraska's really stepped on the banana peel by moving into a, a new conference but, and being in a division that's really weak and not establishing itself, and has really put itself in jeopardy to to be a bottom of the Big uh, of the Big Ten West type team.
2: We've talked before about Ohio State's presence in the conference and how it is sometimes selective with the way that it kind of throws its weight around. I'm curious your perspective on what went on last year around this time with Nebraska coming out as being one of the more vocal um, antagonists within the Big Ten as far as what was going on with canceling the season and those sorts of things and how much more difficult it was maybe for them to take that stance based on their – presence in the league right now like would, would it would they have had a different standing if, if they have been more successful in the Big Ten to this point?
1: Yeah I mean I um, I thought it was a noble uh, step to step up and say we want to play football we think that it should be played uh, you know if Ohio State had stepped up and said that first and Nebraska had joined you know that it might have been a better deal for uh, overall but um, I think Nebraska kind of put everybody on point. Uh, you make a great point. The fact that they haven't won, you know, less than the impact of it. And it made people snicker at them and chuckle and say, well, what standing do you guys have to say this? But then Nebraska, you know, they said, well, you know, we like to play football here and uh, we played football pretty well for several years, not so much lately, but uh, you know, this is really important to us. This is important to our state and, you and we want this to happen. And I think eventually that message resonated at first. It came off a little clunky, but after Ohio state and some of the other schools got involved, I think it kind of paid off.
0: You know, that is a great question, Nathan, and a great point, Lee. I, I think maybe we could argue that Nebraska's greatest contribution to the big 10 in 10 years so far is the role it played in getting the football season.
1: Last I was about year. to say that. I think you're exactly right. I do think that's clearly there. If you had a, if a, stick your flag in the ground moment for Nebraska, that's it.
0: Because it does, as you said, it might have been a little easier if Ohio State as the big dog had gone first and Nebraska has supported Ohio State, but as it went it was like, well Nebraska kind of put itself out there and then Ohio State was like, yeah, what they said and yeah. then people paid attention but they right. they were the scout a little bit. They went out you yeah. know to check out the front lines and and said, hey, you know, everybody else, follow me. It's okay. you can come up here. we can win this fight. And it and it worked. I mean, I, I, you know, history is written by the winners like what Nebraska and Ohio State did worked. And the result yeah. was that Ohio State played for the national championship game. And for the most part, like it was clunky and teams missed games. But like, I don't know. Right. There wasn't like a, 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 a necessarily a, a catastrophic medical situation because the Big Ten wound up playing football in the fall. It's, it's like, well, I mean, I, they kind of were Right. Even though it was a little, like you said, kind of clunky at the start, so and good again, for Nebraska
1: it goes back to recruiting too. I think if you if you skip a season or if you try to play in the spring, I think it really fractures the recruiting relationships. And and if you, you know, if you have a terrible class uh, because of that, I, I think there was. I think that's kind of what Nebraska and and you know, it's all those decisions are a little bit selfish, but. Uh, Nebraska really couldn't afford to have any cracks in recruiting because it's having enough trouble getting this program put back together the way it is. So uh, that was another part of it. So um, yeah, I I would say Nebraska's best contribution uh, besides you know bringing a bunch of fans to the Big 12 title game that they lost 70 to 31 would be <laughs> would be to uh, tell people they want to still want to play football even though they might get beat. <laughs>
0: All right. This is my last one. And then we'll see if, if Nathan has anything else to add. So where Nebraska is right now, Lee, and you're retired. So, I mean, we were mostly talking about the past with you because back then you were getting paid to actually <laughs> know this stuff. And, and, and again, you are not being paid for any of this. You are just a citizen of the world who is doing this as a favor. And we could not be more grateful. They're looking for a new A.D., Scott Frost, in a lot of ways, like is like a Jim Harbaugh kind of figure, former player, beloved, coming back to save the program. Certainly hasn't saved it yet. They're in the Big Ten. This is the deal. They've been in for a decade now. What's the future? I guess mostly Nebraska football, because that really is obviously what drives the engine. What, what do you think the future holds? Can Nebraska rise up higher than it is right now as a football program, or are they just kind of in – for a slog that like, you know what, they're just going to be kind of like another team in the West. They'll have good years. They'll have bad, but there might, Nebraska football might not be that much different than Minnesota football from now on, even though they have this absolute top shelf legacy. Wh- what's the future for Nebraska football, do you think?
1: Well, I think fans – uh You know, there's two things that the fans in Nebraska demand. One is you act like you've been coached, and the other one is you play like you care. And I think if you do those two things enough with halfway decent talent, you're going to win half your games. So Nebraska fans are not happy with the execution, with the care factor of the football team. Uh, They're not happy with Stupid mistakes and uh, losing home games to Minnesota when Minnesota's down 33 players because of COVID. Um, So you've got to get the right people in place, whether Scott Frost and his staff are the right people. uh, Surely the jury is way out on that. I mean, uh, he hasn't made he's only made one staff change, staff member change. uh, Brought all those guys with him from Central Florida. None of those guys had ever coached in the Big Ten. None had ever been at a Power Five school, um, so you know football's a, it's a you know the two most important members of a, a foot any football organization are the the head coach and the quarterback and not necessarily in that order. So you better have a you better have a good head coach and you better have a good quarterback. And they haven't had good quarterback play either. Uh, so they've got to decide how they want to play. They've got to decide you know, pretty soon who the, who the coach is going to be, how, mo- how much rope does Scott Frost get? Uh, they've had three years where they played, they played poorly and they've not improved their special teams. The things that uh, the good teams do much less great teams do Nebraska does not get done. So there's, uh, you know, people on edge a little bit around here about what's going to happen. And here's something that was a really cold slap in the face to the whole athletic department was two weeks ago, Nebraska had what they call their big red caravan, where they take coaches and administrators around the state, you know, and do a little barnstorming. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the past, it's always been a, a giant deal. They go to these, you know, medium-sized cities and some smaller towns, and and they went to uh, they had a couple places where the event, the arenas where they had these events, were uh, they had seated for ready for four or five hundred people, and the largest crowd they drew was sixty people. Which is shocking for Nebraska. Normally, if the Huskers come to town, if they're out out of Omaha or Lincoln, that everybody drops everything to come hear what they have to say. There were no crowds. I mean, the turnouts were embarrassing. And the thing that the thing that would kill Nebraska football would be apathy, and that's the last thing that Nebraska can they cannot survive that just because of the small population. So, I really think. Uh, You know, Bill Moose's departure was was probably coming, but I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't maybe a push him over the cliff moment where they went out, they took they took uh, Scott Frost, they took Fred Hoiberg, they took John Cook, the national championship volleyball coach. They took everybody out state and didn't draw a squat for a crowd. So I think that's a real sign that uh, there's some things that need to happen in Nebraska pretty quick that need to go in a different direction.
2: So so I'm curious uh, if you can kind of think on behalf of Nebraska fans and maybe even people within the athletic department, Like, does this feel like a program, a a, a school that is comfortable in the Big Ten and thinks of itself now as a Big Ten program? And yeah, they're struggling in football right now, but they'll, they'll turn a corner at some point and become more respectable and they're ready to settle into the Big Ten? Or is this a program and a culture and a community that's kind of looking over its shoulder to see, I don't know that conference expansion is over. And could they, would you think whether they say it overtly or not, is there a big portion that's maybe looking over its shoulder to see if something else does open up, whether it's back in the big 12, something like that, that they could escape to, and, and have a more comfortable future.
1: There are people who are looking at other places, but they aren't the people who make the decisions The money is just too gigantic, and and the academic prestige is too big for Nebraska to ever leave the Big Ten. Nebraska needs to, if it hasn't settled in and become a Big Ten member by now, it better hurry the hell up and figure out how to do it, because that's where it's going to be. And I think Nebraska football, their goal probably should be to be Iowa, you know, win uh, seven eight games a year, and and you know once every five or six years when things fall into place, have a eleven and one. But I I think that's the goal, And, and the fans. You know, you hear some of these national commentators like like Feinbaum claim that those old Nebraska fans are living in the past. No, they're not. Nebraska fans are very realistic. They know the national championship days are over. They know going 60 and three in a five-year period isn't happening again. Nebraska just wants good quality, sound football where the guys play their ass off and they hit people and and you can feel good driving home with your team put on a good performance. And they haven't seen that and that's what people are, are begging for right now.
2: Yeah, I think aspiring to Iowa is completely realistic. That seems like something very much in Nebraska's grasp.
1: So, they got to get back, they got to get into play in a west division. I mean, people are thinking about Nebraska being in the top 25 or playing for, you know, a national thing. It, they got to figure out their own division first. They can't beat they can't beat Wisconsin, they can't beat Iowa, and they can't beat Minnesota either.
0: So I'll I'll finish stuff. I have one quick question for Nathan before we let Lee go. Nathan, how is it that a guy who's been retired for three years knows more about everything and and is sharper Mm. and more on top of what's happening with his team that he is no longer paid to cover than we are? Lee, you're like, you know more than anybody we've had on this podcast in like two years. You're retired, Lee. You shouldn't know this much
2: he doesn't have to produce any podcasts. He doesn't have to, there's a lot of like, just like lost time on a, in a given day that uh, Lee gets to sit back and take it all in.
1: You know, the the best part of this guys, especially with, with Moose's uh, departure, my phone's been ringing and my wife was laughing at me. And she goes, you really look like you're enjoying gossiping about this. I says, yeah, I get the gossip about it and I don't have to write about it. That's the best of all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Lee, I always say writing is hard, talking is easy. And talking is even easier when you don't have to worry about, like, if, you know, whether it's true or not. What, yeah. Whether your boss is like, no one's going to hear it. Oh my God. I love it. Lee, you're one of the best. And one of the, I mean, it was a, I, honestly the two best things for Nebraska that Nebraska has contributed to the Big Ten. One is what they did with the, the fight to play last season. And the other was that when Nebraska joined the Big Ten, Lee, was the guy who would come out and like go to other Big Ten cities like ahead of time and do stories. And like, that's why Nathan and I know Lee, everybody in the Big Ten media got to know Lee because he was like the scout. He was like the ambassador of, of Nebraska journalism. And he was one of the absolute smartest, best uh, college sports writers in the country. So, Lee, it's, it was great to get to know you back then. And we're, we're so glad the golfing is going well for you. And, uh, you know, if you weren't retired, would he offer you a job as like a, the third co host of this thing? My God, this was great.
1: Well, so, I, had a, I had a job with low paying, bad hours for a long time. I don't need another one. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> low paying, bad hours, Buckeye talk. Um, <laughs> Lee, we love you, man. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day and all the best.
1: Hope I see you down the road somewhere, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Lee.
0: All right, Doug Maurice and Nathan Baird back. Man, Lee is really, I mean, the thing about Nathan, you know this, is like Lee's just smart. Like Lee is like a smart human and he's connected as all get out. I mean, like he's just the guy, he knows, he's the guy that everybody in Nebraska athletics talks to because they know he's smart. And so when he says this stuff, you know it's locked in. And so I thought that was a great overview from the Nebraska side of things. And it's just an interesting thing. It's very much, again, like life, Nathan. It's like, It is. It's just big fish, small pond or smaller fish, bigger pond. And when the bigger pond is filled with money, (laughs) like you pick the bigger pond, even though you are never going to be the big fish again. And and I don't, you know, it is, it is again, not, it's not directly connected. Nebraska did not fall off as a football power because it joined the big 10, but it contributed to it. And I think Nebraska, it's like, you know, you're out there, kicking Kansas state and Iowa state and Oklahoma state's butt for a bunch of years. And it's just a different deal here. I thought Lee made a really good point on that, but they're not going anywhere. There's too much money, but they are never going to be who they once were. And and I think the big 10, you sort of made this point. I I, I think the big 10, maybe when they got Nebraska thought they still would be that had a chance to be that. And there's no chance.
2: Yeah, well but the problem is right now okay, Nebraska isn't going to win a national championship. Nebraska is not going to go 13 and 0. But the problem is they're, you know, he's listing those teams that they're not beating in the west. They're really not also beating Purdue. Like they're they're like maybe 50-50 beating Purdue in a given year now even at home. You know, Illinois is not that much below them. Like, that's the real problem. It's, northwestern it's not that they're not being North... the best teams in the West. Yeah, Northwestern, northwestern, yeah. Is, northwestern is clearly a better football college football than program Nebraska? than Nebraska.
0: Who would have ever thought no that question. 10 years ago? You
2: could, no one could plausibly argue in any way that Nebraska is a better football program than Northwestern right now. And you can't – like, that, that's where the problem is. They have to get back to that – they have to get back to Bo Pelini. Scott Frost has to turn himself into Bo Pelini somehow, the guy who got fired for only winning nine games. He's got to get back to that level. Right now, that's the chasm, and we had this argument last year when we did the tiers, and I had them in, in the sixth out of seven tiers, and you argued that that was too low because of prestige, because of history, because of what they could attain, and, and Lee's right, um, the, the point he makes about all they need to do is get to Iowa, that's not a... It doesn't disparage Iowa. Iowa is a very solid program, a top 20 caliber football program year in and year out. They get in that nine win conversation that we sneeze at that sometimes the people who around Ohio State, because that's so far below the standards here. But for most of the rest of the Big Ten, that is a is a high standard and it's an attainable one for Nebraska. I don't know why they couldn't get to that point. But right now there's a big disconnect because they're really not close. They don't appear to be close anyway.
0: My wife is from Iowa. So, my father in law and my brother in law are very big Iowa football fans, and they are happy. They are not like dissatisfied with Iowa football. They have a good football season. They have hope each fall, right? As Lee said, there are peaks, but like Iowa football fans are and have been happy for a long time in a way that Nebraska fans clearly are not happy right now. From a a little bit more from the Ohio State side of things, the Big Ten needed to get the 12th back then. And it's funny, it's like I've been aggravated that we're talking about name, image, and likeness too much and all this stuff that we have to do. This is just part of covering college sports, which is like in the NFL, it's all sports and agents and, you know, does somebody have a new clothing line, right? And that kind of thing. But it's not like sports is only sports. I mean, the Big Ten Network stuff back in the day consumed all of us who cover the Big Ten, the realignment stuff consumed all of us, right? There is NCAA. Sanctions, whether it's at any Big Ten school, it's just a constant thing. Covering college football is not just about running and tackling and blocking and throwing the ball. We understand that. So just as a reminder that like this is just the way it is. But back then, again, 2009 is the last year that the Big Ten plays a schedule where the last week of the regular season is before Thanksgiving. They add the bye in 2010. They bring it after Thanksgiving. And then in 2011, it's the first year of 12 teams, two divisions, and a conference championship game. The Big Ten had to get there. So they had to add somebody. But like back then, I think like if the Big Ten had added Missouri, for instance, back then, and that when you read the stories about Nebraska joining, it's like Missouri was sort of in that mix for a while there. Like it could have been Missouri. I don't think people would have been like that excited for Missouri. It would have been like, okay, I don't know. Like, would Ohio State fans care? I mean, because, you know, from a football perspective, mostly, would you care? It's like, okay, Missouri is in the Big Ten now. Does anybody care? All right, well, I guess it's a 12th member, right? But Nebraska had more interesting, was more interesting than Missouri then. But as it turned out, it was just like adding Missouri. It was just adding somebody. Nebraska has not added anything to the Big Ten other than being the 12th team. There's nothing else. They're just a body. And actually, I mean, like if we want to debate this, Nathan, it's like in the end, who actually helps the big 10 more i mean rutgers and maryland probably do because all the stuff that we've made fun of i made fun of more than anybody when jim delaney is talking population base and i tbi eyeballs and all that thing and it's like well at least like rutgers stinks but they're near new york it's like nebraska stinks and all they have is runza now
2: oh hey I, hey, hey 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 oh whoa oh, oh. whoa whoa that's not let's watch what we're disparaging here you can talk all down all you want about Nebraska football, but don't don't talk about my football full of meat. I'm going to eat when I'm out there. It is a foot. Uh, is that that
0: that would be a great cycle? Football full of meat. I mean, I I could eat six runs in a sitting. They're delicious.
2: I asked, do we? we know, the, the runs is going to be a big nil sponsor apparently in Nebraska. I said, well, Doug and I have to like register as boosters for all of the runses we're going to eat when Ohio State plays out there this year?
0: Go to Nebraska. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just rooting for a sandwich. We don't root for anybody, but we root for sandwiches. So. I mean, Nebraska, they're just a body. They are just a warm body. And if if the Big Ten had added Kansas or Missouri or anybody, anybody, I mean, you know, Notre Dame would have been a much bigger hit. Texas would have been a much bigger hit. But you thought you were getting something special and you just got another team. And that. I guess like if the Big Ten could go back, we asked Lee, like if Nebraska could go back, it's like, well, if they knew that the Big 12 was going to survive, maybe they would have stuck around, but also still the money draw and the prestige draw is too great. They probably would have come anyway. Nathan, if you think if the Big Ten could go back in time, they'd add somebody. I don't think that's a dispute. They had to add a twelve. but would they add somebody else? Would they pick somebody else or would they still pick Nebraska knowing how the last decade has gone?
2: And that was, that was that decision happened prior to Missouri joining the SEC, right? So that's, I mean, that's
0: like th- they could have had Missouri. There? They could have had Missouri. I mean, like the, Missouri, I think would
2: have come to the Big Ten before the SEC, whatever the timing was. Right. So that's really I mean, you start to think about the possible options. Missouri is really the only other one that, like, well, looks at me. I mean, Iowa State but, but out is kind west, of but out
0: west. But you could have added pit, and again,
2: I and right, whatever but I'm was, was thinking add, just to the west, right? But
0: but you just you'd add pit and then you move per you move Indiana to the
2: west or whatever, like you could have figured it out. But but could you have added pit? Like, was Penn State going to be in favor of adding pit? That sort but, of thing,
0: so it's one of those things, and again, that's the kind of stuff that there was a lot of. Fake stuff that—that that was the stuff that bothered me the most. What if you do this? It's like, well, you can make up anything, but like, just realistically, I think West. What you think West Virginia would rather be in the Big Twelve or in the Big Ten? West Virginia would rather be in the Big Ten. Yeah. Now again, the AIU stuff, but like Lee said, they were the, had the AIU designation and they lost it. So it's like if that was a big thing at a time, it's like, well, that doesn't matter anymore. So again, like if you were the Big Ten, you had to add a twelfth. Would you rather have Pitt? You'd certainly rather have Notre Dame, but would you rather have Pitt? or West Virginia, or Virginia Tech, or Kentucky, or you ask Cincinnati to upgrade? Like, would you rather have one of those teams instead of Nebraska? Or is Nebraska fine? Is Nebraska like you just – you had to readjust your expectations, but it's fine. It's not like a – I guess they're not a negative. They're just a zero. They're a zero. But Would would you rather have somebody else?
2: You're essentially asking, would you trade now Nebraska for one of those programs? That's different right. than should you have picked one at well, but, time. That, but
0: that's what I'm talking about, knowing what we know now, knowing right. what we know now.
2: Yeah. I don't know, because I still think there's a lot about Nebraska that really makes sense. I, I think, um, again, it it's West, but it's not like so far West. It's not like when you start talking about adding like a Colorado or a Texas or some of those things have gotten floated out there. You know, Lincoln's a great town. It's a public like Land Grant University situation which is very much in the Big 10 culture of things. So when you start some of these schools you start talking about out east when you're talking about adding another private school in, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense for the Big 10. There, there's still a lot of things that make sense. The only thing that really hasn't lived up is Nebraska being just so awful at football. If Nebraska had been Iowa at football for the past 15 years, 10 years, wouldn't I don't know we'd be having this conversation. I think would no, but, be you know it'd be but the point is they haven't been. No, right. right. I mean we're basing on what they've been. I
0: think if you had added West Virginia instead. And again, the AAU stuff to me whatever. I I it's a sports league. And then you just shove Indiana to the west. And then they can be in the same division as a school that's in their state and then their rivalry is naturally protected without having to do this special cross division thing that Purdue and Indiana do right now. And you just draw the line in Indiana. Indiana is all that the state of Indiana is now a Big Ten West state, and so Ohio State instead of playing Indiana every year is playing West Virginia. That's fine. I mean, like that's fine with Ohio State, and like I don't, you know, I I don't know that I don't think Penn State would have been a guy. Penn State. I mean, like I think that I think that would be better. I do. I just think it would be better, and I think West Virginia for what they are. Now the other question is, well. We said the, the reason that Nebraska is no longer good at football is not because they joined the Big Ten, but being in the Big Ten has made life harder. You know, West Virginia has put up some decent records because they're beating Oklahoma State and Baylor and whatever. Right? They wouldn't be at their record wouldn't be as good if they were in the Big Ten East, getting their heads beaten in by Ohio State Michigan and Penn State every year. So I'm not acting like West Virginia is a is a and be all end all solution, but. It's also closer geographically and like big, like, I, I don't know that the, I think the big 10 would have been fine not being quite as far West. As you said, it's still a contiguous state, but West Virginia is still closer to more stuff.
2: Yeah. Looking back, starting in 2010, Virginia, West Virginia's had, two 10-win seasons, a one 9-win season, a couple of 8-win seasons. They've really been more like a 7-win program. They've had a couple of losing seasons, but I, I would think you're right. They haven't quite cratered to the extent that Nebraska has. I mean, we when we did those tiers, I'm sure we had West Virginia more in like a 4-5 or five conversation than debating whether or not they belong in 6 or 7.
0: So, I mean, it's interesting. It's like the Buckeye Fly effect is like – I. <sighs> it changed Nebraska football, right? It changed Nebraska athletics for Nebraska to come. And that if Nebraska had stayed in the big 12, its fans might be happier, but its athletic department would have less money, which I think is the thing that would, they've come away from, right? But the, the big thing that for Nebraska is that their heyday, the big eight, like they just, they, they, that, they could never get back because they had to go with somebody. You've either got to go with Texas or you've got to go with Ohio, for Ohio State because my fake league, Pro- probably as Lee said, fans would like it, but it probably wouldn't be enough to get it done. I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure it'd be a power five league.
2: My fake. Oh, that one that you made up. That's what I was thinking. Like, what is that? That's like glorified Mac, like, like from Sunbelt. a football standpoint. I mean,
0: it's certainly better. I mean, it's definitely better than the Mac, but it's like, is it definitely better than like the, the, the old whack or the mountain West? Right. I don't think it's better than the mountain West. It's like, what do you, it's like, well, we got Wisconsin. Wisconsin's pretty good. Wisconsin's been a contender for the playoff and Nebraska and I were pretty good, but there's no like, su- there's no big, big, big dog. So it's just, it's the thing in life. Who, who who do you choose as your peer group? And Nebraska chose a, a, a cooler peer group. And like they're then the result is like, they're not as cool as they used to be, but I don't think it didn't hurt the big 10 and it helped. Nebraska did help usher the big 10 into the modern era, but they haven't added anything since. So like almost like from the Buckeye fly effect standpoint, Nathan, it's almost like a very minimal effect, right? We did one of these on what if Urban Meyer hadn't been hired. It's like, oh my God, if they did hire Urban Meyer, it's like, what if they would have had Joe? Oh, you mean Joe Burrow who went on to win the Heisman, win a national championship and be the number one pick if he had stayed a Buckeye? Those are all bigger. I was curious, like, well, what would the effect be? And the effect is like, eh, everybody would have gone on with their lives and just, filled in the gap with somebody else
2: yeah you'd have to go like year by year and look at the restructured divisions and see who Ohio State would have played and not played and would they have caught a team in the right year or the wrong year on some of those crossover games or now if if it was West Virginia or Pitt whoever coming in from the east um, Syracuse I don't know whoever else you're adding like you know would they have run into some interesting years and like there's an interesting but like well maybe the Ohio State maybe the Big Ten adds Syracuse and then Syracuse never plays Clemson that year, although Clemson, th- th- that they beat them, although Clemson, they went on and won the national championship, I think they here anyway, or made the playoff at least. So that, that even that's a minimal uh, impact, you know what I mean? Um, I, I I guess as much as I have disparaged Nebraska, I think it's been because of the potential that I think is still there, that they're so far below what their potential is. I mean, there is such a gap in my mind right now, between them and Iowa, between them and Northwestern, between them, certainly in Wisconsin, I don't know if they can quite even get to Wisconsin's place. That's probably still even attainable for them, but certainly that Iowa conversation should be happening. They, they should be in that eight, nine wins a year, and that becomes the baseline. So if they get to that, it makes the Big Ten better.
0: Oh, for sure.
2: For sure. Right now, one of the reasons why the Big Ten stature is hurt is because Nebraska is a college football afterthought right now.
0: And I thought one of the best points that Lee made on a list of many great points he made is like their staff's not good enough. It's a bunch of Central Florida guys still hanging around like, well, what makes you good enough to be in the Big Ten? I don't care if Scott Frost is your friend. Like like that's, that's, that's indefensible. I hadn't really even realized that. You know, that like at some point, Scott Frost has been there long enough. If your friends aren't cutting it, you have to fire some of your friends and bring in Big Ten quality coordinators. I mean, what, you know, Joe Moorhead was at Penn State, goes to be the head coach in, at, at Mississippi State. It doesn't work out. He's the offensive coordinator at Oregon now. Scott Frost should have been throwing $2 million at, at Joe Moorhead to come be the offensive coordinator in Nebraska, right? That's the whole thing. Because as I always talk about, great, Nebraska got money. That's why they want to be in the big 10. Cause they make more money. What are you doing with it? So if, if your coaches suck, like Spencer, and as Lee said, that has been a thing once upon a time, it was a thing of like, well, maybe that's why, you know, some big, that's why Brett Bielema went to Arkansas. And I think assistant coaches are paid too much, but it is at least, I like, think what, what are you doing with the big 10 network money? What are you doing with the TV money, the expansion money? It's like, Oh, well, we're, we're paying to keep good coaches. Okay. I, that's at least a reasonable thing that helps your football program, even if we all think the football coaches still make too much money.
2: I mean, if you had asked Nebraska fans in 2010, what will happen first? Um, Nebraska would make a potential four team playoff, even in 2010, after they take taken a turn down. What will happen first? Make a potential four team playoff, which at that time didn't exist, or the basketball team makes the NCAA tournament at all. And number basketball beat him to That's what they did with that money. They built a pretty sweet basketball arena. I love Lincoln's a nice, that's the other good thing. Like Lincoln has been a nice addition to the big 10. It's one of my favorite places to visit and go cover games and stuff. But um, until they, until they get back to just like a, a level of adequacy in football, it's going to still feel like a little bit of an albatross that that's weighing down the whole
0: league. And when you think about, it, I mean, obviously Ohio state has dominated the big 10, but like Michigan state has made the playoff, Iowa, Played a Big Ten championship game against Michigan State that if Iowa had won and they almost did, they would have gone to the playoff. Wisconsin has been a playoff contender, right? That again, it's hard to make a four team playoff, but it's fun to be in the mix. And by the way, as we head toward a 12 team playoff, Iowa. Is going to have a chance to make a 12 team playoff. Wisconsin is going to have a chance. Michigan and Penn State, all of a sudden, you're going to have a lot more schools that have a chance in the Big Ten to make the playoff. And Nebraska still feels so far away from that right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you were to take, as we already did, we took the new format and applied it back to the past. And that's where we saw that, like, how many times Iowa, Wisconsin, whoever else would have made the playoff in recent years. Do you know how far back you would have to go to get? I think you'd have to go back to like 2007. When Nebraska finished the year number six, that's probably the last time they were 11 and two. It's probably the last time Nebraska gets into a 12 team playoff. And the toughest thing for Nebraska is this
0: is like, it's just the realization of like, well, what if, what if you had never existed? And it's like, no difference. It's
2: like, I don't really, uh, that's a wonderful life. Right. It's like, that, oh, that's almost the most damning thing. Yeah. Did you say like, you're a non-entity?
0: What if you were never born? Ah. Uh let's go back with this angel and see what Bedford Falls would have been like. It's exactly the same. Nothing has changed. That's Nebraska's reality. Nothing changed. Like the big 12 is fine without them. And the big 10 barely realizes they're here. Like they're, they're a non entity because as much as we're saying like, Hey, what if, what if the Nebraska went back to the big 12, the big 12 is not like, please come back. Right, the big t- nobody. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. That's harsh, but that's life. That's Buckeye Fly Effect. Thanks so much to our guest, Lee Barthneck, who is just the best. Really uh, appreciate him joining us out of retirement. Um, got some stuff coming next week. Uh, another retalkables on the horizon. The next two things that I think are going to be the scheduled to be these Friday things. We're going to do a retalkables on the Ohio State-Miami National Championship game, which we haven't done yet. And we are going to do a retalkables about what if Terrell Pryor had not come to Ohio State. And we're going to have a special guest for that one. It's just another journalist, not just. It's not Terrell. It's not Terrell. It's not Terrell Terrell Pryor. (laughs) It's the
2: Terrell Pryor of journalists, should we say that?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's a a guy who uh, he and I once upon a time had a conversation as Terrell Pryor was getting here and said, should we? Prepare ourselves to write a book about this because we think this is going to go one of two ways. Either Terrell Pryor is going to lead Ohio State to a national championship or the program is going to wind up on fire. And we should be prepared and be following his career with a book in mind, either way. And then we didn't. And then one of those two things came true. (laughs) So, better planning by me and we would have been in better shape. All right. Thanks to you guys for being part of it. Thanks most of all to Lee. Taking time out of his day to join us for Nathan Baird. I'm Doug That was another Buckeye Fly effect, and that was Buckeye Talk.